Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a forgotten classic, or even a problematic fave, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is dear friend and director of talent relations and awards at STARS, Ryan Aguirre. Hi, Ryan. Hi. What's How- up? <laughs> I am doing decently today (laughs) kind of hectic but how are you doing today I feel like every day is like hectic like it's like when was the last time we were like oh it's like a normal day it's like an easy day like every day is hectic they just like can't be easy like I I just I mean I guess it should be a blessing that like we have stuff to do again after like a year and a half of basically just sitting around and not having anything to do but I I, at the very least, wish my days were filled with a little bit more fun stuff than they currently are right now. I mean, I think it's just like errands and errands and errands. Um, I need to talk about the shirt you're wearing right now. Oh, yes, yes. So for the readers, describe what you are wearing. It's, um, it's, I I think the official term for this style is an all-over print Mm t-shirt featuring um, queer icon Ursula, the undersea octopus witch um and yeah that's that's my shirt I'm it's one of my favorite shirts she's just so speaking of icons she is an icon I mean so you're I mean this in a loving charitable sense I think you would would self-identify as what you're gonna say yes yes (laughs) (laughs) I I I don't mind the term because it's not um incorrect I do think that a lot of the negative um aspects of of disney gays i don't prescribe to you mm-hmm. but um but yeah i guess if you had to categorize myself as a disney gay it's not something i'm i'm ashamed of at all no. well over over pandemic you watched all of the disney animated movies it's, as a marathon it's, right it's funny because you know looking back on it you know it's easier to say over pandemic i did this i did not do this over pandemic i watched mm-hmm. in the first two months oh god like how do i i was like how do i keep myself busy in the first two months of months of how long this thing is gonna last and then when the credits rolled on frozen 2 i'm like okay great now the pandemic ends right and then we did 10 more months of it so right. <laughs> so it was great i mean i watched all of the um the Walt Disney Studios animated films in a row. Mm. And it was it was very fun. Um, it was, there are duds in the bunch. There's problematic moments in the yes. bunch. There's, <laughs> um, so it was really, it, it was really, it was super fun. Yeah. If you had to pick a fave, what is your fave? So, I mean, my number, I did rank them all after. Mm-hmm. Um, and my number one was the Lion King and my number two is Beauty and the Beast, which is super boring because they are two arguably the best Disney films objectively. But um, Hunchback of Notre Dame is actually phenomenal. That's a um, really good one. Yeah, it's it's so dark too for exactly their... it's dark and it's like about a. I mean, the primary villain is a religious figure who's lusting over a gypsy, and mm-hmm. like as a kid, you don't realize that, but when you're watching it, you're like, oh my god, he wants to kill her because. He needs yeah. to stop his sexual attraction to her. It's like, oh my God, that's, 
so there funny. are a lot of weirdly like this is not the phrasing i really want to use but like okay i'll use this like adult themes and a lot of those 90s disney's movies that i think Absolutely. they've sort of shied away from um at least in more recent times like i feel yeah. like the pixar and disney's merger sort of made it like the a lot of those movies are very emotionally heavy in ways yeah. like but not um not super dark, I guess. I don't and know. And it did kind of feel like, again, after the merger, Disney was like, okay, Pixar, you got this. You yeah. do the heavy stuff, we'll be a little bit lighter. But the thing about the Hunter and Dom too, it's like, it's great storytelling, but also the music is phenomenal. The mm-hmm. voice work is phenomenal. Like it's all across the board, just like, just really great. And it's one of those things that you saw it as a kid, it really didn't appeal to you, but seeing it as an adult, it's like completely... Oh, yeah. I remember being so scared watching that as a kid. Like, it's, especially by the beginning sequence. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... (laughs) He, like, kills, he kills, spoiler alert, it's in the first two minutes, he kills Quasimodo's mom by, like, kicking her in the head. Yeah. um, Which is, yeah, gruesome. Gruesome, gruesome, gruesome. Well, let's let's move on to our gruesome first segment. Um, We're going to play Go Call the Governor. Right. So I'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and ancient history, mm-hmm. and you're going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. Okay. There are no wrong answers here, right. but your choice is binary. Does the governor need to be called or not? Okay, great. So let's play. Great. Um, okay. <laughs> weirdly enough, this first one is about the governor, a governor about the governor. Gavin Newsom poses with minions and trolls at Universal Studios as California officially reopens. Call. Absolutely call. Yeah. He's um, on site all, already. But... Yeah. First of all, the, the, if, if, the gover- if Gavin Newsom's on site, um, the governor needs to be called for, um, for being married to, um, to what's her face? Kim, uh, Kimberly, Kimberly Gilfoyle. Yeah. Um, Kimberly Gilfoyle actually went to my elementary school. She's our, our least, um, like, most ashamed of of alumnus but um if gavin newsom's on site then like then he's governor governor is gonna get called yeah Um, also like i don't know the minions are not responsible for lifting the mask restriction can we stop giving the minions so much credit i've never seen a minion and in a mask i think they might be anti-vax like look at them i would not be surprised the trolls definitely are yeah oh of course definitely too counterculture yeah I don't know. It's weird that Kimberly Guilfoyle, because you're from the Bay Area, it's weird yeah. that someone from the Bay Area like her is as staunchly conservative, I guess. Like I don't think in that she's way. staunchly conservative. I think she's an opportunist. Yeah. I think she is just like, I think, I honestly think, you know, Gavin Newsom did cheat on her with his now wife while she was pregnant. And so I think it was kind of this, like, how do I do the complete how do I get back at him in the most complete opposite way? And this was her way of doing it. Like, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just like I'm, I'm processing all that. I no, I didn't. I didn't know about the the cheating thing like that. I mean, I'd go crazy too. I don't know if I'd go yeah, far exactly. right exactly. Exactly. Where I'm like, you're crazy, but also like, if like somebody cheated, if if somebody cheated on me while I was pregnant, I would kind of be like, how do I do the complete opposite? Oh, yeah. I'd go full, like, Medea, full, like, Tennessee exactly. Williams. And that's um, honestly why why Gavin Newsom gets, gets called on, because he's, I mean, look, he's, like, stereotypical fuckboy. Like, yeah. 
like yeah he uses a vat of gel to tear that to to pull that those threads down like every single day (laughs) and it's clear that like the minions are his pussy posse basically (laughs) he's just running around north hollywood absolutely oh my god all right let's move on to the next scenario jennifer lopez saying let's get loud at the presidential inauguration does the governor Um, need to be called absolutely not Mm -hmm. i don't know if i understand what calling the governor is exactly but well first of all everybody needs to get called because it was the (laughs) most iconic moment of her entire career yes i i think i agree with that flipping let's get loud first of all i want i want to revise um God bless America. Was it God bless America or this land is it your was, land? I want to revise this yeah. land is your land to permanently include. Let's get loud. Yes, I think absolutely. that needs to be like enacted. That needs to be canon. Um, and like queen of self promotion, like iconic. The reason she is where she is right now is because again she knows how to brand herself and putting your music oh my god I, it was just the most iconic moment. She has such, had such a crazy year in that every single piece of press she has gotten has perfectly threaded the needle between like you go girl and girl what are you doing like from that moment which is like excellent but also like why did she do that to the a-rod breakup which is like very empowering but also like oh that's sad and now the benefit of it all which i I think is i've said it on this podcast before but like i cannot believe we're in such a place of cultural regression right now it's, that benefer is back on the table. It's wild. And everyone's like, all these reboots, all these reboots. And it's like, how far will it go? It's like, okay, this is how far it goes. Like we're yeah. literally, and it's like, it was, a, it was, you know, such a huge cultural moment for us. And the fact that it's back like 10 years, it's insane. But also just like, when did Let's Get Loud come out? Like 1999? Oh, yeah, right around like, there probably. And the fact that it made, is making an emergence from the Super Bowl performance to this, and that like, let's get loud is now in our lexicon. Like, it's like, hey ladies, let's get loud. Like, it's wild. Like, yeah, kids using that term are, don't, e- don't even know what the song was. No. Right? Live when the song came out. And that is that is queen of branding right there. I'm True. Is she just, I mean, she's one of my three favorite celebrities and I do really have to applaud her for giving a masterclass just every day of her life of course business she like literally that's how a businesswoman works and also we have to stand a queen who knows her vocal limitations yes she did not overexert. she did not to try to try to do something she was not capable of doing she knows that like she didn't have to she wasn't able to dance she wasn't able to flip she wasn't able to do a pole so she like stayed in her range and she did her thing like Oh, just so iconic. No, knowing yourself is so important as a celebrity. And I really do think that she like has a 100% complete control. A thousand percent. Over it. All right, let's move on to the last topic. Yashar Ali is exposed as a serial grifter in an LA magazine piece. Does the governor need to be called? Um, he follows me. So can I say no comment? Okay, I think we can say no comment. I, first, of I, all, first of all, yes, absolutely. Second of all, the biggest mystery is we still have no idea what he looks like. Like, it's a it's a catfishing to be sure. <laughs> like, walk, if we ran into him on the street, we and this isn't. I mean, I I guess this isn't a, a drag. No, it's not. Dig. Like, yeah, like literally, no one knows what he looks like, and no. whether that's like on purpose or 
or an accident is like it's it's just insane to me. It's crazy. It's yeah. really insane. I mean, without, I think all the listeners should go read this piece. It's very good. It was published last week. Um, without getting into the specifics of it, I guess, I, I found it so interesting as a study and how social media enables these random pundits to just gain massive followings like this. Yeah. For exactly. no good reason, really. It was really, I mean, if nothing else, I actually don't even think it was a, uh... There was no editorial dragging of, of him. I thought, I thought from an editorial perspective, I'm just for the reader's background, I'm in publicity. So, you know, I'm in that world, you know, to an extent. And the editorial, you know, it was so well-written. It was so just well, well-sourced. Um, you know, it, it tried so, you know, it did a really good job of staying objective and really just telling this fascinating story. And which which I really appreciated because I think it would be so easy to kind of just like sink into the drama and give an opinion. Yeah. But it's just so well done. But it was it's fascinating. It's again, it like pulls back because because Yasher is like what? He's like a um he's not a he's not like a lone entity. There's so many people like right. him who it's like, like you said, just like these these media Twitter personalities that are huge and have impact and like all of this stuff. And it's just like how and why. And so it was really interesting to pull back a curtain on it. I guess that's all that. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. I I don't think, I, I did like how they kind of just let the events speak for themselves. Um, yeah, exactly. And it was just, it was well-written, well-sequenced. Um, I mean, definitely a thinker of a piece. I think people were very quick to dunk on certain aspects of it for maybe good reason but i mean at the end of the day it's just a grift it's just yeah, a scam exactly. really but i mean like and again it's like it's sure it's a piece about him but it's like a, such commentary on just grifter culture in general yeah. just like how we know there are so many people just like him on you know it's like you know like the fucking like Krasensteins, like the, oh, yeah. you know, like the, where's their piece? Like the, the, I don't know, all of these like media personalities who with, with hundreds of thousands of followers who will say one political thing and then get you know, a bunch of followers. Everybody's like, oh, now all of a sudden this is a voice of, um, you know, a, a political or, or influential voice no. when like, no, they just said one thing, I don't know. And it's not a malicious grift either. I mean, it, it's a reckless one in a lot of ways. I think the the way they tied that piece into the the very black and white view of cancel culture said all all of that. The whole last sentence was said in quotation marks on my end. Exactly. But like, um, I did think that was very interesting. But like, it's not directly like harming people in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, he didn't do anything criminal. Yeah, for lack of, I mean, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this because like, as you said, there's he's not the only person doing any of this, but he's definitely the most prominent for sure. But all right, well, we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back. And we are back. Ryan, what cultural emergency are you bringing to the table this week? Okay, we need to talk about Hacks. So yes. Hacks on HBO Max just um, just finaled 
when was it last Thursday? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in my, I think in our liberal elite California bubble, um, you know, on a text thread of gays um, who are very up on pop culture, um, you know, we all watch and love it. But as I branch out into other areas of the world, I'm finding out that a lot of people either haven't gotten around to seeing it or don't even know what it is. And that's shocking to me. Are you finding that as well? Yes, I, it's been the number one show this spring and the summer that I have been recommending to people. Um, I think a lot of it is because HBO Max is still a little bit niche in terms mm -hmm. of streaming services. And this show is not really, I don't think it's for everyone, even though everyone should be watching it. That's a very good, very good way to put it. Absolutely. So what are you liking about it, especially? Oh, God, what isn't there to like? I mean, the performances are phenomenal. Jean Smart is top of her game, which I feel like I've said that so many times over the past mm -hmm. three, four years. I was like, this is the best thing I've seen her in, the best thing I've seen her in. But this is really the best thing I've seen her in. Something that's really fascinating about her performance is that, you know, she's this um this female comedian who almost had a late night show and who you know has a vegas residency and is yeah. dealing with sexism and ageism in the industry and all of this stuff and yet there's she has no real world parallel um my notice is people aren't like i think when some other projects come out people have been like oh this is based on you know this actor or this is based on this comedian and i feel like she's this really fascinating amalgamation of um you know of Joan Rivers, mm -hmm. um, um, you know, um, there's like elements of Bonnie Hunt, like, yeah. you know, there's um, just, you know, it, it's so fascinating that she's really not, um, her life and, 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 and story is not based on any one person, which I think is, um, which is really fascinating. I think that's the biggest strength of that character to make it, to make Deborah such her own creation. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, it makes the show feel a little bit more original because I think in a vacuum, you can look at a show that's like old person and new and young person, like right. team up, like how will they bridge their differences? But making Deborah especially such a, like an island unto herself that really is just this like very self-sufficient person in a lot of ways is very... It's, it makes for interesting dramatic and comedic tension. Absolutely, because it's because then you don't go into it being like, well, this is what happened to this person. This is what happened to Joe Rivers, so I assume that's what's going to happen to her. Or like, this is how you know, um, this is how like this comedian thinks, or this is how this person thinks. So obviously, this is going to happen. But but you know, it it really lays the groundwork for for surprises. And also, I mean, I. Uh, on paper and in in promos, you know the tension of um, the old school versus the new school. You know the Twitter comedy mm -hmm. versus the the sitcom comedy. That being a primary source of tension, but watching it, it's so much more layered than that. Um, it's so much more layered than like the the young writer who will, who only lives online versus the old writer who only lives on paper and trying to find common ground. It's it's a layer of like you see constant understanding but you also see constant um, tension. Um, it's so much more, I, I, you know, I wish I could speak a little bit more eloquently about this, but it's so much more tension than the simple old and young, old and yeah. new 
um, which I think is is fascinating because because like Deborah gets she gets what's funny about Twitter and she gets what's funny about you know um, about comedy the situational comedy these days like that she she has a complete and full understanding of that and attention doesn't come from her lack of understanding yeah and I mean and going the other way like Ava understands the traditional beats of stand-up in joke structure like the old method the tension just derives from those two like not really having any initial interest in each other's like the way they do that art form and I think that's pretty fair I mean like this is the first show at least that I have seen besides maybe search party that sort of dives into I guess quote-unquote twitter comedy Mm -hmm. like this because I mean it's it's we've been in I mean you've been in LA a little longer than I have but like the entire time I've been in LA like Twitter comedy has more or less been its own explicit art form in a way that a lot of people are actually like booking gigs and oh yeah booking jobs absolutely which I'm sure I mean to like anyone from an older generation of comedy like whether it's last decade or even I mean four decades ago like Deborah is that the start of her career like that is inconceivable almost Mm -hmm. And also it was a fascinating, um, a fascinating exploration. I, I, I wish they had gone into more of this and I hope they do for in future seasons is maybe with a flashback episode is the like the downfall from a poorly worded but well-intentioned tweet. Yeah. Um, because you see glimpses of it here and there and I'm so curious as to, you know, the, the, the rebound from it um you know the the fallout all of that stuff I think it was really fascinating to see her um to see both sides of it where where you know you again you see her writer friends who are like no what you tweeted was stupid and was bad and yet other people being like it was comedy it was it was a fascinating exploration of something that I think is very is very and it also sort of pulled back the curtain on this like like cancellation for something like that is sort of a a way for people to like cancel someone for something broader too. Like I thought the show was really interesting and in how it explored how the tweet was sort of an excuse for people to bail on her when they were already sick of her behavior. Like exactly. everyone totally. who she comes to con- into contact with is already like, oh, like Ava is so careerist. Ava, Ava's really disrespectful to us. And this just gave people an out basically. Exactly. With her. I, I loved that episode in Vegas when her, when her, I guess, former writer friends, she runs mm-hmm. into them and, and they, you know, it, it, it's just a very fascinating, you know, exploration into, into that fallout and, you know, the competition of, of writing and all this. I'm not an aspiring writer. I've no. never <laughs> been an, inspire, an aspiring writer, but I am a young, you know, Hollywood executive. And I think um, just seeing all of those t- kind of like touch points um, done so well is, is really great. So one of the big topics of tension in our, gay male group chat right now is whether or not Ava and by extension Hannah Einbinder is our good like is a good character slash performer I where do you fall I mean I'm I'm very much in the unquestionably yes Mm -hmm. category I think um Hannah Einbinder is is great I think she's incredible I did find out recently not to go to on too off too much of a tangent I did find out that HBO Max is campaigning her in supporting which I think is insane Insane. Completely insane. Um, It is an absolute two-hander. It really is, 
mostly her story, um, I think it's it's crazy. So I, for, think I think she's awesome. For listeners who may not be familiar, can you sort of explain how that kind of camp, like awards campaigning works? Because you're yeah. probably, I mean, you this is your bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're an so, expert. So yeah, so I work in awards. I've worked in awards for about a decade now. And for places like the Oscars, you know, the Oscars, you will campaign a performer in um in a category and then it's up to the voters to vote so basically a good example is lakeith stanfield so lakeith stanfield um was campaigned in the lead category um for judas and the black messiah the voters decided they wanted to vote for him in supporting and he got nominated in supporting so um kate wins it's also a good example where she did the entire precursor circuit won every supporting actress award for the reader and then the voters nominated for her for lead so it's kind of like um it's up to the voters now in the emmys you have to do submissions um and submissions you um basically place your actor in a category and campaign from there so with hannah anbinder they submitted her in the supporting category and are campaigning her in the supporting category um, so obviously that's strategic from a network standpoint. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad strategy because, you know, Gene Smart is most likely going to get um, a nomination. I'd say she's arguably the front runner in that category oh, yeah. um, this year. And so it would be really smart again to get her out of there, um, especially since, I mean, who would be the next supporting female like Megan Staller like um, oh yeah it, it's 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 a clear you know there's no clear competition but um but I would love to yeah. get Meg Stalter nod to this oh my She's god unbelievable but I'm not well can we just talk about the supporting cast in yes general, please absolutely the supporting cast is she's hilarious I think Paul W Downs is so funny so um funny. I love Marcus um not to get like the Marcus um water guy what's the water guy's name uh uh what's the character's name i, I, literally, I call him the water man I'm literally gonna look it up because um, i think only his own everyone wilson yes wilson that sounds right i'm like and johnny sibili exactly and he's very like, good in it um it's he's really great but like it's so personally as a person of color seeing a relationship that's two people of color um where neither of them are tokenized or fetishized for their um for their color there yeah. or being like Johnny's Latino, um, Marcus, the guy who plays Marcus is black and, and there's never, it's never like a, um, there, there's, there's no exploitation of it being a, um, an, an interracial relationship or again, it's not like this white, white guy, guy with a person of color power dynamic in their relationship. Um, and I don't, I don't remember the last time I saw um, you know, an interracial relationship where they were both dark people of color um, who weren't being tokenized or fetishized for that reason, which the show in the show in general is so good. I, it is one of the few shows in recent memory that feels authentically diverse and not kind of just like network like checking boxes. Exactly. Like there's I mean, it's very racially diverse. There are a ton of queer characters on the show. Yes. Um, yes. But it's never too, like the one moment I think that like is, I, I think it's sort of like a little like tell not show, but also they make a joke of it is when Ava is explaining her bisexuality for the yeah. first time to Deborah. Yeah. Like that could be a very like clunky moment in less adept 
writer's hands mm-hmm. but it's so funny yes, <laughs> you know? it's, it's just so, so funny so funny it's and, so funny and, and a lot of it it's just like yeah you can get away with so much as long as it's funny and this show just consistently is just funny from the top down yeah um, I think my my one slight quibble with this with the show is that when it's writing the comedy within the show itself it gets a little artificial sometimes and I realize it's it's hard to write I mean you're writing meta at that point exactly. um, which is hard to do in any circumstances but like I mean, going back to sort of the original sin of the pilot, like I didn't think Ava's tweet was super offensive. And right. they make passing comments like, oh, like they dredged up other stuff when she was 20. So it's like a, you know, a roundabout kind of commentary on all that kind of thing. But I think they could have gone, it's such a dark show in a lot of ways. Like I think they could have gone a little bit darker or more incisive on that front and then like I mean the Deborah show is supposed to be kind of hacky in a way no pun intended no pun intended but I mean <laughs> yeah it's, no, totally. it is a little um punchless sometimes but that's a really minor quibble like I I think this is the best and, comedy I've watched in a long time and it's tough it's like who's done it well who's done the comedy like and something that's supposed to be like people have done parody and like um you know they've done show within a show where where the show within a show is funny but it's not necessarily intentioned that way i i can't think of an example where you know where the the comedy show within the show is just naturally funny oh yeah i mean i i had to tap out of marvelous mrs mazel because uh-huh. it was just there are a lot of things to like about that show, but it is just so unfunny yeah. anytime it focuses on the stand-up comedy to which is very detrimental for a show about stand-up comedy. Exactly. So Absolutely. I I don't think Hacks is nearly that bad just because a lot of it like just centers on the relationship between the two women at the expense of, I mean, like, instead of just focusing on their craft, which I think is just a smart choice to do. And also, there's never a doubt, and it's definitely, like, in their conversations when they're quipping, you know, all that stuff, there's never a doubt that, um, that Deborah and, um, and Ava are funny people. Yeah. Like, I, I, I also kind of fell off Mrs. Maisel in the first, after the first season, and it was kind of like, I don't believe that she's a funny person. No, like, definitely not. And and I think, you know, Deb, Deborah and, and Ava have been really just funny. They're funny people, yeah. even if it's not on stage or or in the show. No, they're they're always performing their roles. And I mean the show does a really good job of exploring like how Deborah shows up to these gigs like at um like pizza huts or whatever like exactly and basically just like performs herself not even in a comedy standpoint just like is always kind of on like that and the show does a really good job of exploring the tolls that takes on a person exactly um yeah i just love the show and it it built it built really well yeah really it really peaked with the end of the with the end of the season well let's yeah let's spoilers ahead for the finale of hacks i loved the finale i also did i i I thought it was 
it was very, I thought the conflict was very realistically handled too. Like I think a lesser, more heightened show would have had them separated at the end, like very kind of haphazardly. But like when Deborah shows up to the funeral and just MCs the funeral, I thought that was maybe so, the best scene of the whole season. It was so funny. It was so, yeah. so funny. I loved it. And it felt yeah. like a very cathartic payoff for how these two's like acerbic relationship right. had developed. I'm a little nervous about the cliffhanger. Yes. Um, you know, I I felt I, I felt personally that her calling the the writers of of the show felt a little a little off just a bit. It was a, a yeah. thing that happened, and I, I do understand that it was done to set up the tension of the of of the second season but um so so I'm a little wary about about how that is going to turn out but I do have a little faith in that choice just because they they did set up a similar parallel in the like that when the guy comes the homeless guy or not the homeless guy the guy who had committed bank fraud comes to the casino and he and Ava have a night out yeah and she sends that coked up email or yeah. voicemail quitting voicemail. yeah that the way that that was resolved with Ava just succeeding and getting it off the phone and it was never brought up again I thought that was a very realistic way to handle that honestly totally and, and very grounded and I hope that um I that hope that they're able to do it whose idea was it to freaking go to a fucking wax museum like that's well, so funny genius like, and I learned today that Jean Smart played her own wax figure too. Shut up. Iconic. I think Phil. Yep. Shut up. Oh my God. That's, that's a professional. Uh, truly. Give her an Emmy for, give her supporting and lead. Give her supporting I, the wax figure. Oh I God. just, I love her so much. I, I love that she's become sort of the totem for HBO now too, because she's so good in Watchmen. I've only seen the pilot of Mayor of Easttown because I could she's, not watch two of those in a row, but she's so good. She's phenomenal in all of it. And she's such good comedy, comic relief in yeah. that show. Um, yeah, I'm so excited for people to be seeing her. Like, I mean, how, how do you think, I guess like if we're framing this as an emergency, like, what how would you tell what would you tell people who needed to watch hacks I guess like I have no idea how to frame right. that well like, so first of all how I do mean, we make this imperative first of all I think honestly and maybe it's because it's my career but um I think um the Emmy showing up at the Emmys will be really telling I think mm -hmm. I think Ted Lasso did a really good job of putting Apple TV on the map just because they were also kind of struggling um, for a title and then they kind of swapped the winter award cycle and then all of a sudden it was like now Ted Lasso was something people talk about all the time yeah. so I think I think doing really well in this and Hacks wasn't you know in the last award season so I think doing well in this award season will certainly get it get it some much needed attention that are looking you know the people who again are more mainstream and don't know these kind of niche niche type things um hopefully the 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 movie the, the HBO Max's film strategy will also bring users to the platform yeah. um, and, and also bring it a little bit more mainstream. Um, because they haven't had really a 
a TV tentpole to fall back on exactly. yet. I, I there, a lot of their programming, their movie programming has worked out fairly well in certain cases, but a lot of their TV stuff is so niche. Like you have like Search Party, you have Legendary, you have like that whatever that Anna Kendrick show was. Oh. Nothing that's super buzzy. And I know exactly. that they have Game of Thrones spinoffs coming down the pipeline that should get some more eyeballs on the screen but this really feels like their first big internet hit I guess exactly exactly so yeah I mean and again it's nowadays like what what platform hits the ground running you know yeah um so I think if this is you know one of their first first shows I think that's a really good start for sure incredible Um, I know and I think this is going to be certainly a word of mouth type Oh, for sure. I, I definitely see have seen more people talking about it week to week um, since it started dropping. And I think it's good that it's released week to week instead of just all at once yeah. style because it just sticks around in the public consciousness for yes. a lot oh, more absolutely. time. I think that certainly is a strategy that worked well with this. I think it works really well with, um, with WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Um, it it really it really uh, literally built it as a uh, as a must watch. I think with Mary East Townsend, granted that was on HBO, but I think that also really served well from um, from a week to week standpoint. Um, so I think it's a model that streamers are going to start to really make 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 you know to emulate all of their shows. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, I'm so tired of binging stuff. Like it yeah, almost it's like archaically refreshing to actually watch something week to week. That's not just drag race or something. And also just like to, to look something to look forward to, you know, something to like, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. All right. Well, I think it's time to move on to our final segment. Yes. Here we go. We're going to play tear the community apart. Great. The rules are very simple. I have to pick two classic songs and you are going to tell me which one is better oh god easy it's easy right yes <laughs> Here okay so today i have chosen two mid-2000s strip club anthems both i think perfect 10 out of 10s i would have a tough time if i were in your shoes right now which song is better money maker by Ludacris featuring oh. Pharrell Williams or Hot and Here by Nelly. Oh. God. So I think, oh my God, Drew. Um, <laughs> I think honestly the better song is Moneymaker. It okay. is a very well-produced song. It's so, oh, I love it. Um, in terms of iconic, in terms of like getting people on their feet, um, bringing the community together, I think hot in here. It's it's so simple. Yeah. Hot in here, take your shirt off, like take off all your clothes. You um, couldn't for a good so ten year stretch. You could not say it's really hot without say, someone else immediately saying so. Take off all your clothes. All your clothes. At least like when I was growing up. And I'd be like, it's hot. And it's like, is it hot or is it hot in her? And I'm like, yep, you got it. You got it. Shake My Money Maker, it's like, yes, love the song, but it's like, what is my money maker? Your ass. My, my, I know, but like, (laughs) for me, it's like, I think I should shake my brain. 
that's my money maker. Well, you can do that too. That's just not what lyrics is saying about. I need the directions of my songs to be very clear. Yeah. And Shake My Money Maker is just, it's too much thought. Too much thought. Hot in here is an instructional manual. I think we talked about this earlier, but Shake, but Money Maker reminds me so much now of, um, of The Big Short. Mm -hmm. um, Because it was used so well uh, in that film. And then I just think about economics and I just get depressed. So let's stick with that. <laughs> if you had to choose between one of Ludacris and Nelly writ large, who would you pick? I think that's so, Nelly. Yeah. I think Ride With Me is one of the best songs of like oh, all lifetimes. Love it. Yeah. Um easily, hands down. So um and I don't know if I can say the same. Not a song doesn't come that easily when I think about Ludacris as yeah. before. So um yeah I would just say Nelly. Oh my gosh. That is very well thought out, very well considered. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I this was a really hard It's one. a moneymaker. It came from my moneymaker, which is my brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what a brain you have. I mean, and I th- I'm very thankful that you were able to take time to share it with us of today. Course. This is so uh, much fun. So much fun to have you. So do you have anything that you would like to promote or like, where can people find you on social media? Uh, they can find me in, at, at my name, my last name and my first name at Aguirre Ryan. Um, I have nothing to promote, but I did. I, I actually I do. I work. Um, so I work at Stars. Stars in general. We <laughs> it would be great if people would watch Stars, but specifically, Andrew, I've been pushing this on you. Mm-hmm. E Valley is um, one of the best shows on TV, and I'm not just saying that because I worked on it. Um, and I just hope everybody uh, gets around to watching it. Yeah, I, I definitely will eventually. I've been, I mean, as you well know, I've had like a very busy nine months between grad apps, grad school, and now I'm about to have like two full months where I'm just doing shit for dick. So I'm excited to watch. <laughs> um, so excited to watch P-Valley. Yeah. Um, it just, it seems like something that's right up my alley. So I'm yeah, excited think, to Well, that's it. exactly why. I, yeah, totally. Um, um, but it is an incredible show, super it's super sexy. The music is, do you want to talk about great music? That music is so oh, yeah. all. Um, the look and the feel of it is really great. It's, it's again, not um, something that I would think is necessarily for me. And then I watched it and I was like, this is, this is aces. So I'm sure people have heard from people who have seen it that they've loved it. So. And the so showrunner and creator Katori Hall just got nominated for Pulitzer. She just won the Pulitzer. Oh yeah. Drama. Yeah. Which is, um, which is incredible. Truly She's incredible. Super, super, ta- super, super talented. So, so everyone um, go watch P Valley. Um, yeah. Much like That's the network request. stars, I have Z's and my social media handles. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you like that segue? I've done um, <laughs> You can find me at on Twitter at FKA Pigs with a Z, on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Z's, and uh, subscribe to culturepig.substack.com for free weekly cultural musings and articles. Um, I think that's all on my end. Is there anything else you want to say? Watch Hacks. Watch it's Hacks. Really <laughs> it's literally that simple. It's go subscribe, pay like $25.99 a month for HBO Max, whatever it is now. Really $25? No, that's the Tamisha Mon Network. Oh that's still the gold, <laughs> the gold standard for, for streamers. Oh I actually, God. I think, I'm sure the Tamisha Mon Network actually has a better interface than HBO Max does. I mean, like, would not be, have you have you ever tried, tried to, this is, could be a whole other podcast, but have you tried to rewind? 
Yes, I was trying to rewind Legendary the other night, and it took me 12 minutes to go back 10 seconds. Iconic. Unbelievable. HBO, please fix that, because, like, you're, it's, the content is incredible, but the, the setup. Yeah. Fix your I mean, it's devilish. It's it's against God's will for sure. But anyway, all right. Bye, everyone. This is fun. Thank you. Bye. Bye.